Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, welcome to Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. We hope you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving and you uh, had a good time with your family and everyone. Um, LeVon, I want to ask you before we get off the bat, uh, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Did you What did you do and how – And uh, I'm sure it was a good time for all. Yes, it was. I went to my niece's home, and she lives around the Aiken area. Mm -hmm. And there was my two other sisters, her family, and we had a great time. Nice. The dog dog was there. Uh, I got to hang out with my really young nephews and nieces. I call them my great nieces and nephews. And we had a Amazing time. Great time. That's awesome. Yeah, we uh me and my brother, we had um we had our neighbors over um for the for the you know for the watch football and stuff and we had uh mm-hmm. turkey and everything, all, all the dressings and stuff. You know, my family's so scattered out, you know. My brother Kevin lives up here right. in Clemson, but everybody else lives in um like my sister Erica lives in Oklahoma, my brother Eric lives in Florida, wow. uh, my other sister Jackie, she lives in uh, Seattle. So uh, they're all spread out all over the world, uh, the United States, I should say. Um, and so it's, um, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to do Thanksgiving with my family and all because we're so spread out. But, uh, you know, everybody else was uh, my brother Kevin's here and we were able to host and we had a good time with that. And that's what I, that's what I like about, um, you know, the holidays is you, if you have fa- some family around, you can always find a way and other friends and stuff to come over to hang out and and just have a good time at fellowship, man. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, and Thanksgiving is not as stressful as Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's a little stressful for the people who are cooking, of course, because <laughs> I never cook for Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving is basically about family, relaxation, and football. Yeah. You're, not, you're really not doing – that's all you're doing. You're, you're just going to eat. You're going to hang out with family. And for your family and my family – we're going to watch football. Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's what we do. We're going to talk football today. Got a lot of right. it to talk about. Obviously, we're going to talk about Clemson's big win over the Gamecocks 16-7 to as the Tigers are, you know, set the record straight, put everything yes. back in motion. Everything's mm-hmm. normal again. Clemson yes. is, you know, and we'll talk about that in a minute and a big win 16-7. Uh, we're talking about bowl possibilities. All ACC team was announced today. We'll talk about that. There's some news and notes. Surrounding the Clemson football program, we'll mention those as well. Uh, Clemson um, women are playing in the uh, Final Four this weekend. Um, So that's big news for the Clemson women's soccer team. The men are in the Elite Eight. They are hosting Stanford this weekend with a chance to go to the Final Four. So good luck to them also. Um, And then, of course, uh, Clemson basketball tonight here in a couple of hours as we're recording this show uh, for those that are maybe listening to us on uh, on podcast, uh, as we're recording this, the Clemson basketball team will be playing tonight at seven. Excuse me, nine thirty against Alabama in the mm. ACC SEC Challenge, and so that's going to be a big game. So mm. we got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff to go over. Before we do all that, I want to go ahead and thank my sponsors, and we'll begin with the Clemson Insider. Uh, we appreciate Robert and the crew each and every week allowing us to use the platforms over at the Clemson Insider Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate that and Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on LaVon's Facebook page and on my Facebook page and also 
on my Twitter page and Levon's as well. Uh, you know, so uh, we want to say, like I said, thanks to the Clemson Insider, the most complete coverage of Clemson athletics and recruiting. Um, we appreciate um, them doing all that they do. So go on over and check out the Clemson Insider for all the stories. You'll find my content over there as well, my stories and columns uh, from the South Carolina game and moving forward. We've got some news and notes I'm going to go over in a minute that you can also find on that page as well. So go over to the Clemson Insider. Dot com and check it out today. We also want to say uh, thanks to uh, Tip It Back Sports Grill, the place to be to watch all your college football action this season. Tip It Back Sports Grill is located at 215 Pelham Road in Greenville, South Carolina. So go check out them. And also want to give a, uh, a shout out to uh, Tim Cinco and his family. Uh, me and Levon are praying for you, buddy. Um, they have some uh, family issues going on right now. And so we just want to let them know that we are thinking about them. Um, and then also we want to give a shout out to Bet Online, our sponsor from the beginning. Uh, Bet Online has been with us uh, from the beginning, and the holiday season, as you know, is off and rolling. And with the NFL in full stride and the NBA, NHL hitting midseason form, Bet Online is the place to be. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering information. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. So head on over to betonline.com today and you can, or excuse me, AG today, and uh, you can check out their big four. BetOnline also has um, available at your fingertips with both the desktop and the mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played from MMA to international soccer. So head on over to BetOnline today and remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And uh, we want to also, as I mentioned earlier, get back Sports Grill, located at 215 Pelham Road in Greenville, South Carolina, is the place to be all football season. It is the place to be this week with the conference championship games in the NFL. So if it's college football you want to watch, go over to Tip It Back Sports. It'll have all the big games from around the country on their mini TVs. Um, they'll have the ACC and the SEC championship game going on, so go check that out. Um, if it's the NFL you want, Tip It Back Sports Grill has all the Sunday games, and they are home for mine and Avant's Pittsburgh Steelers action. They are the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers bar in the Greenville area, so go check that out as well. If you're a Steelers fan, Trust me, you're going to love it. They have a big place for the Steelers fans every Sunday there. You need to go check them out and watch the games there if you can. So Tip It Back Sports Grill is located at the Commons in Pelham and is open seven days a week. On Monday, they have trivia night with Monday Night Football. They also have karaoke and live music throughout the week. Every Saturday is, of course, designated to college sports. Also now college basketball is in play. Um, and then Sundays are designated for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the NFL. So go over and see Tim Seiko and his team over at Tippet Back Sports Grill, located at the Commons in Pelham. Tippet Back Sports Grill is the place to be for all your college football action this season. And so, LeVon, we got a little bit of news and uh, we want to talk about, uh, and we'll just get things started. I'm sure some Clemson fans know about it by now, but as you see, uh, Clemson middle linebacker Jeremiah Trotter is – or announced today that he's declaring for the 2024 NFL draft. Uh, the Clemson insider has learned that Trotter also elected not to participate in the Tigers bowl game. We don't know where that destination will be. We'll find that out on Sunday, but Trotter has already said he's going to opt out of the bowl game. The six foot, 230 pound 
Linebacker played in all 12 games for Clemson during the regular season. All starts. He ranks first on the team in total tackles with 87. Tackles for loss with 14 and a half and sacks with five and a half. He also recorded two interceptions, including a pick six against Notre Dame. He had five passes broken up, 10 quarterback hurries, and two forced fumbles. Uh, his quote was on the uh, – this is what he posted on Instagram today. He says, after long thought and prayer, I'm officially announcing that I'm declaring – uh, I'm taking the next step in in a lifelong dream and declaring for the 2024 NFL draft. I will always be a Clemson Tiger. Go Tigers. Try to earn second team All-American honors from the Associated Press in 2022. And this season, he became the sixth Buckus Award finalist in Clemson history. Of course, joining that guy right there on the other side is one of those finalists, uh, <laughs> LeVon Kirkland. Um, he, the NFL legacy entered the, the season credited with 114 tackles, 14 and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks, seven pass breakups, and a forced fumble. So uh, Jeremiah Trotter, Levon, no surprise, I don't think, for either one of us. Um, but obviously I know pretty disappointing news for Clemson fans because I'm sure they were hoping he would hang around for a little while. Yeah, of course so. I mean, you, you want your best players to play to the very end. You know, you want them to play all the way to their senior year and play in the bowl game. But the trend is, for the most part, if you're not playing for the national championship, most guys who are going to be going to the NFL are opting not to even play in the bowl games. And at one point in time, yes, that wasn't a fact. Guys play throughout no matter what. But it's a new day and time, and you can understand that. That, you know, he doesn't want to get an injury or anything like that in a bowl game. He has an opportunity to do something that he's been dreaming of doing, following following in his father's footsteps. Mm-hmm. I think, really, I think as a coach, you got to just wish him luck. Especially when they did everything they're supposed to do. Especially if they're on track to graduate. Are they graduating? Only, I think the only thing you do as a program is to really wish them well and, you know, continues to keep that good relationship with them. So if you're a fan out there, make sure you get on your social media and any of our guys that are leaving, wish them good luck Mm -hmm. because those guys really, and especially our defense of late, the last four games, they really played well. And a matter of fact, I think our defense played well enough where, we should have probably been undefeated, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, Dabo's not wrong when he says that. No, he's yeah, he's absolutely positively on point when he says that his defense played well enough where they could have went undefeated, and that's true. Right. That's probably one of the best defenses I've seen at Clemson in quite some time, and our defenses have been good over the last few years, but this defense. I'm telling you, I don't know if they play. I don't know if our defense played this well in the last four games in the last couple of years. I mean, this defense has been tremendous, getting at the ball, making things happen, and boy, they really played well against the South Carolina Gamecocks this uh, past Saturday. They did, and there's going to be some more news coming later in the week, so keep a lookout for that. I'm not going to say who that is yet. We'll let those players make that announcement when they want to, but just be close to your computer. Be close to your phone. Um, go to the Clemson Insider if you want to find out the information. But there'll be a, there'll be some more announcements later this week on what players plan to do going forward with their future at Clemson, mm-hmm. um, whether it be 
going to the NFL or maybe entering the transfer portal. There's going to be a lot of news going on here the next few days. So, you know, keep your eyes on that. Speaking of the transfer portal, Clemson did have one player today uh, that jumped into the transfer portal, and that is backup quarterback Hunter Helms, um, originally a walk-on on the program, and he spent the last four years with the Tigers. Um, he's now headed to the transfer portal. He announced on Twitter or X, I should say on X, formerly of Twitter, this afternoon. Um, Helms played in nine games over his Clemson career, finishing with 23 completions for 218 yards and two touchdowns. He now will be looking for a new home in college football. LeVon, not surprised by this news. Um, we heard a lot of talk coming out of camp um, as the season was winding down that Hunter Helms was probably going to go ahead and, and want to go somewhere, maybe to a smaller school where he can become a starter. You know, when you look at like maybe uh, – uh, uh, Georgia State or Georgia Southern or somebody like that where mm-hmm. he can go and compete and be a starter and, 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 um, and, you know, and try to just get himself out there a little bit. And, you know, we kind of wish him well. And, you know, I think he'll do a good job wherever he goes. Yeah. You, you shouldn't have a problem with a guy like Hunter saying that, you know, hey, I, I want to be a starter at a level and play college football and be the guy. I don't really blame anybody for thinking that. I mean, that's what you're really supposed to think. You're really supposed to be that competitive. So I, I really totally get that. I wish him I wish him well. I really do. And I think that's, like I said nowadays, I think if you're a coach, man, only thing you can do is just encourage those guys. You may, you may not always like it, but just encourage them, man. You just never know what could happen. You know, Hunter could come back and be a great donor for the um, Clemson Tiger program. Jeremiah could do the same thing. You don't want to diss these guys, and you don't want fans to be like, you guys suck, you should stay with Clemson. Come on. that That's not true. These are young men who are are doing well, great young men. People got that you would introduce, Got their degrees. People that you would introduce your daughter to. They're wearing that why, Clemson ring just like you are, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you support them? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you support them? So, uh, as I said before, make sure you support these guys. Make yeah. sure you're with them well because they put it on the line each and every day. The, and sometimes people don't understand the 530 workouts, the other things they have to do in college, all the distractions that go on now. you got to give these guys their, their flowers. You really do because it's it is a tremendous task to be a student athlete. It, it, it really is. is. It is. Speaking of the task of being a student athlete and playing and excelling at a high level, we had uh, as you see eight Clemson players were named All ACC today um, on Tuesday with um, let's see earn, earning recognition. Excuse me at the annual squads uh, by the conference Clemson has produced at least eight conference selections in each of the last nine years and in 12 of the last 13 seasons. Uh, this year, three players, defensive tackle Tyler Davis, linebacker Jeremiah Trotter Jr., and cornerback Nate Wiggins collected first-team honors. Linebacker Barrett Carter was named to the second team in four players, tight end Jake Brinningstool, offensive tackle Blake Miller, center Will Putnam, and defensive tackle Rook Aroro garnered third-team recognition. Seven other players qualified for a combined eight honorable mentions. Uh, by the way, Tyler Davis is selected. Um, his selection is the fourth of his career, placing wow. him in a select company in school history. He joins Travis Etienne, who had five, C.J. Spiller, who had five, 
Nelson Welch, who had four, LeVon's former teammate, and Mitch Hyatt, who also had four, are the only players in school history to collect at least four All-ACC selections. Mm. Davis, who is Clemson's record holder for career starts by a defensive player with 51, becomes the first defensive player in Clemson history to earn four All-ACC honors. So congrats to um, him for that honor and and for all those guys, all eight of those guys, LeVon, for – you know, earning all ACC honors and, and getting the recognition they deserve. Oh, yeah, that's a big-time accomplishment. You're talking about a Power 5 conference and being first, first all-ACC or even second all-ACC, man, that's a great honor. It really shows uh, what Clemson is doing as far as producing and developing really good players. Uh, you just got to tip your hat off to those guys, man. That's a great honor. It's something I can tell you from experience. It's something that you always will take pride in, mm-hmm. being nominated all ACC. That is huge. That is big time. Fortunately, I was there three times myself, and it's something that you never, ever forget. Absolutely. So congrats to all those guys. And congrats also go out to Khalil Barnes and Jonathan Whites. They both were named um, all ACC uh, players this week at their respected positions. Um, the Atlantic Coast Conference announced Monday that uh, safety Khalil Barnes was a defensive back of the week and place kicker Jonathan Whites was a special teams player of the week as both earned all ACC player of the week honors in those categories for their performance in Clemson's 16-7 to win against South Carolina. Uh, Barnes posted four tackles, two passes broken up, a 42-yard fumble return for a touchdown, and one interception. Barnes recorded the fumble – um, and the return and the interception on back-to-back offensive plays against the Gamecocks. Um, and those were on the second and third plays of the game. He became the first player at Clemson to record a takeaway, a consecutive plays from scrimmage since a guy named by a guy by the name of Brian Dawkins did it mm. against Duke in 1995. So I know that's uh, I asked him, I asked Khalil about that after the game and, you know, he was really excited that he was in the same sentence with Brian Dawkins. You oh, know. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so, so congrats to him. Barnes became the first Clemson player with a fumble recovery and an interception in the same game since Dorian or Daniel did it back in 2017. It also marked the first time a Clemson player had two takeaways in the game since Andrew Booth uh, recorded two interceptions against the Gamecocks back in 2021 on that same field, by the way. Barnes yeah. became the only – the second FBS player – and only this, and the first FBS freshman to record three or more interceptions, multiple force fumbles, and a scoop and score this season. Um, Jonathan White's finished three for three on field goals to account for the final margin of victory in Clemson's nine-point win over its rival. He converted field goal attempts of 50, 49, and 42 yards after entering the evening with a career long of just 41 yards. His three field goals of 40-plus yards tied a school record shared by Bob Pauling who did it against North Carolina in 1982, Nelson Welch, who did it against NC State in 1991, Mark Buckholtz, who did it against Wake Forest in 2017, and Chandler Catanzaro, who did it against Troy in 2011. White's career-long 50-yard field goal in the first quarter was Clemson's longest field goal since a 52-yarder by B.T. Potter last year in the ACC championship game. The 50-yarder came in the same stadium as the first 50-yard field goal in Clemson history, and that was a 52-yarder by Eddie Siegler against South Carolina in 1971. And, LeVon, I'm going to tell you something. Jonathan White's 
is uh, one of those – he goes down in Clemson lore for this game. One of those players oh, yeah. that nobody thought mm-hmm. would, 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 be, would matter in this game. You know, he, he is, he's the equivalent to, you know, um, you know, Willie Underwood in 1980. Yes. You yes. know, just coming around, the guy you did not expect to be the hero is the hero mm-hmm. of the game. And credit to him, man. You're talking about pressure kicks? Those yeah. were pressure kicks he made, and he nailed them all. And he nailed them like a 17-year pro football kicker that's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, watching it from the from the comforts of my home, I'm thinking, boy, I hope he makes this. I hope he doesn't shake it or whatever. I mean, he was really just comfortable. You can see the confidence oozing out of him on the TV screen, and his kicks were – Dead on perfect. And you're right, Will. We never expected this. No. We, we never expected this. If you had told me that our offense wasn't going to score a touchdown and still won this game, I thought you would have been crazy. But it did happen. And really, our field goal kicker did an awesome job of making some clutch field goals. Really did. I mean, he looked like P.J. Potter from last year. He did. You, 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 just, you can always count on him to make those field goals. So I'm really happy for that kid because I think he really made a sacrifice to come back. You know, that Florida State game, he missed a field goal that probably would have won the game for the Tigers, but he kept pressing on, and he was there for us at the very end in South Carolina when we we really did need him to score those points. And a South Carolina native, too, it just makes it all that better. He, he grew better, up in man. Charleston where all those oh, Gamecock yeah. fans are at. Oh, and, yes. And he's, he gets – he's forever got bragging rights on him how he personally beat the Gamecocks because he so did. To the Cox, yes. <laughs> yes, he did. And, and can, uh, I, can I also say that I thought Barnes, that play that he made when he scooped and scored, it was so heads up because if you look yeah. at the other players that were around that play, they didn't even move. They didn't. Right. Now, I will say Rabbit this. Didn't budge. Carter didn't budge. They just kind of all stood there, and he had the presence of mind to just pick up the ball and say, hey, I'm going to take this all the way to the end zone. I let the referee decide whether it's a touchdown or not. Turns out it was a huge, huge scoring play, for the uh, not for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but for the Clemson <laughs> Tigers. In and I will say this, an unsung hero on that play was Andrew Makuba, who was playing the ball, and he goes to tackle uh, Leggett. Yes. And because he played the ball, Leggett couldn't get out of the grasp of his tackle to go get it because right. Leggett That's knew right. it was a fumble, and he tried right. to go back and get it, and he couldn't, and that allowed right. Khalil to pick it up and run to take it to the house. And, and i got to also say, I'm telling you, man, our secondary did a excellent job of tackling the wide receivers from South Carolina because the only way that the South Carolina game cops was going to be Clemson is that they got the big play. And our DBs did a heck of a job. And you got to understand, most of these guys are freshmen. And they did a great job of really getting in their faces, man, and making them earn every catch. And then when they did make the catch, they put some hits on them. Like the get basically wears <laughs> – he wears shorts out there, which I'm like, man, you got to be careful exposing your knees like that. 
Yeah. And I know a lot of times, even when I was in the NFL, you're not wearing the heavy pads or anything like that. But man, how he was getting hit. And they kind of knocked one of the guys, I forgot, number one for South Carolina, the tight end. They kind of knocked him out of the game. Yeah. So I was like, man, he's he's wearing practice gear. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that was kind of kind of unique. I haven't really seen a lot of players um you know what I call it I don't call it unique. I call it not being very smart because you need to protect your knees. Yeah, and especially nowadays because they don't want to, you know, really a lot of guys are they don't want to target guys, they don't want to hit them up above. So they're gonna hit low. They're gonna hit low now. If I'm a if I'm an offensive player, I think I'd rather for them to hit me high than to hit me low like that. Nah, me too. You know, I mean, I know people talk about concussions, targeting, things of that nature. But if I was an offensive player, I I beg the defense, please hit me up high. Mm-hmm. Please hit me up high, because you can see, man, one hit, one twist of that leg, and you're out for the year. Especially, uh, especially him. Forget because that dude has an opportunity to be a first round pick. Yep. He's, I mean, he's fortunate that that kid didn't really delay uh, his draft status. Yeah. And, and um, real fast, one more piece of news, LeVon, before we mm-hmm. get into the Clemson Carolina game. Um, former Clemson wide receiver slash quarterback uh, Chancey Stuckey uh, has parted ways with Notre Dame. Uh, Stuckey spent the last two seasons um, as the wide receivers coach for the Fighting Irish prior to being hired by Notre Dame. In January 2022, Stuckey served as the um, Baylor receiver coach in 2021. Before that, he was with Dabo Sweeney in the Clemson program as a student assistant coach. Um, so Notre Dame and Chancey Stuckey part ways. Um, wish Chancey all the best. Maybe we'll see him up here in Clemson again. Who knows? Um, you never know. But uh, he he's a good coach, in my opinion. And, um, you know, uh, they look – I understand – you know, Marcus Freeman's got to do what he thinks best for his program. And it may, it sounds like it was mutual on both parties' part. So, you know, uh, Chancey Stuckey's going to uh, be coaching somewhere else next year, it looks wow. like. But, that's, you know, that's, a, that's surprising. Yeah, it is. But, but you know what? You never know the inner workings of a program. You really don't. You don't really know what's going on as fans, as outsiders. We're outside looking in. And a lot of times you think things are great, they're perfect. And a lot of times they're not. And I don't know if they bump heads or whatever like that, but, man, I, I, I like Chancey a lot. I got an opportunity to meet him. He'll bounce back. He'll be okay. And you never know. He, there's a possibility that he could come to Clemson. Exactly. And we'll see. We'll see in the next couple of weeks, next month or so, what happens. Um, I'm sure there'll be um, there'll be something that goes on. We know one thing we do know is the coaching carousel, it changes. and. Yeah. uh Every season, and there's always new coaches that come on staff, um, not only at Clemson but everywhere else, and there's new head coaches. We've seen it, you know, with what's going on at Texas A&M and mm-hmm. um, all those places here in the last couple months. So, um, you know, they all got new coaches, and luckily nobody yet has left the Clemson program, but we'll see what happens here the next few weeks uh, as they uh, as they move you along and Dabo talks to the coaches and they, you know, they go through that part of the season. Um, yeah. But we'll get into that in a few weeks when all that happens and goes down. But right now, we're going to go and look back and review this Clemson win over South Carolina. The Tigers, 
They improved to 73-43-4 all-time in Columbia. Excuse me, overall in the series. <laughs> it might as well be in Columbia. Uh, overall, they got 54 wins in Columbia. I think 54-32-3 all-time in Columbia is the record now. Uh, and, by the way, their 54 wins is like, like almost as much as they have on most teams overall. Mm-hmm. You know, they got like 60 wins against, um, you know, NC State. And I think, and I think they got like, I think they only got 40 wins against North Carolina. So Clemson's got more wins in Columbia than they do. They got 14 more wins in Columbia than they do overall against the Tar Heels. Now they played South Carolina more, but still, I mean, that's <laughs> 54 wins in Columbia. I mean, LeVon, that's amazing <laughs> that South Carolina's had that much home field advantage in the series. Cause remember the first 57 years it was played in Columbia Yeah, every year. And Clemson had a 33, 21 <laughs> advantage in that. And, and, and by the way, since I've been five years old, since I'm five years old, Clemson is 18 and six in Columbia. It dates back to 1977, uh, 18 and six. Levon, that's just, it's a, it's laughable. And I know you mean you were having a good time joking about it before we got on. So, hey, first of all, I don't know if you saw my column. I wrote my column that says that, uh, you know, Clemson collected rent. And then, yes, you know, I, gave, I, I did see that. In the column. Thank that you so thing. much, yes. Because rent is always due when we go to Willie B. And <laughs> it's so funny that they call it Willie B. Like, they're trying to be hip at a place that we have destroyed them all the time. Mm-hmm. As we always say at, at Clemson, and this is sort of Carolina fans, you can decorate it any kind of way you want to. You can invite anybody you want to. But every time we come there after Thanksgiving, rent is due. Rent is due, and we expect that money right now. <laughs> Before we leave the stadium, we want our money. And that's what happens. And so I was listening to uh, the radio station here in Columbia, and I think it was the day before the, the, the day of the game, and the guys were saying, you know, you know, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of commentators, a lot of the media saying Clemson's gonna win, but I just don't think that Clemson has ever played in a hostile environment like they're going to see at Willie B at 7.30 tonight. I, I almost pulled over. I was laughing so hard. Because I'm thinking, have you guys checked the record books at, of late what we have done to the South Carolina Gamecock? I don't care if it's 7.30. I don't care if it's 1 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m. in the morning, or 12 o'clock noon. We have smashed you guys every chance we get when we go to Willie B. Matter of fact, I think next year we should play in Willie B, then go to Death Valley. Yeah. Because it's home away from home. It is. I mean, Clemson has a better record that weeds Bryce than they do in Clemson, it seems like. I mean, it's percentage-wise, it's about the same, I think. It's 62% at Clemson against South Carolina, and it's 62% at Columbia. So it's about the same. But yes. still, you're winning 62% of the time at their field 
That is that's hilarious, you know. It's, it's so funny. You, that is so like what other what other teams th- does that happen to? It, it, it is it's hilarious because they really think that Willie B is a factor. It is not. Yeah. I've never I've never seen a home field advantage that doesn't work for the home field, for the home team. Yeah. And, and, and to go off of that, LeVon, and I told you yes. this before we got on, South Carolina in the last 10 years has a losing record against Power 5 competition at Williams-Brice. Wow. So it's just not Clemson they're losing to. They're losing to everybody else, too, uh, that's of that's of Power 5 stature. So that's um, – yeah, that's not very intimidating. Now, look, did they have a good crowd there the other day? They did. Not going to lie. It was good. I got a little motion sickness during their before the game started when they're doing their little towel thing and they got the dent in it, whatever that is, um, sandstorm it is. But I got motion sickness because the press box moves. Oh, it, yeah. yeah. It moves the press box. And you could see, like, the water doing this, you know, <laughs> right in front of me. And I'm like, okay, that's a little too much, <laughs> you know. So they it was it was it was it was rocking. They were uh-huh. they were doing their thing. They were loud. Yeah. And then Khalil Barnes said, "Shut up." Calm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know how they say you don't ever want to tell somebody if they're upset or angry to calm down right mm-hmm. away. That's exactly what we did. <laughs> Even when they scored. We're it like, still wasn't as loud because they yeah. knew when they scored, they barely scored. And they're like, we're probably not going to score the rest of the night. They knew they weren't going to score anymore. Well, they really probably should have – it should have been a holding call. <laughs> on that reverse. Oh, it it should have – they really probably should have never got down there because they called a bogus roughing the passer on Trotter. And I'm like, that's not roughing the passer at all. And then when they did that little reverse – I mean, Capehart, my man, was getting hugged. I mean, the guy had his arms over his shoulder. And the back judge, I'm like, what are you looking at, guy? That's that's what you're supposed that's your job to look for holding. Obviously, you can call holding almost on every play, but when it's obvious holding, you gotta call that. Absolutely. And I've heard somebody call in to my well, the referees, I'm like. First and foremost, uh, they were saying like, "Was those ACC referees?" Yeah, when you're the when you're the away team, the referees from your conference are actually the ones who referee. Right. So he was thinking, <laughs> "Those are ACC referees." Like, yeah, they're they're, they're always going to be ACC referees when we play at Williams Willie B, and, and it's always and the SEC referees when they play at Death Valley. So I think a lot of these people were not making really good points. I think that they were just really embarrassed that they got beat down at at their home field. And that, more importantly, um, they won't be going to a bowl. And we really owe them for this one because last year we had a winning streak going on at Death Valley for almost 40-something games, 42 games almost. And they were the ones who broke that winning streak. So it serves them right that we stop them from going to the ball game. Yeah. So they would be home for Christmas. It's always nice when South Carolina is home for Christmas, right? I mean, let's yes. just call it like it is. Right. It's 
it, it's just the world is right when Clemson beats South Carolina and South Carolina's home for Christmas. It is a better world. It really is. When when Clemson beats South Carolina, the world is back in balance again. <laughs> it, it really is. When we lose to you guys, which isn't very often, it's not quite right. You know? Mm-hmm. It's, like the, it, it's not quite right. It doesn't settle into your stomach very well. But when we beat those guys, the world is right again. It really is. You know, Clemson has not trailed in this series since 1896 or before the 1897 game. They won that game, even the series up. And then the next year, Clemson won 24 to nothing in 1898. And since then, which is over 45,000 days, We've been ahead. Clemson has been ahead in this series, and it's not going to change anytime soon. <laughs> I can honestly tell you that. Uh, Clemson has yeah. the ultimate bragging rights for a long, long time. Yes, no question about that. And it's a glorious thing. It <laughs> is. I, I mean, I, I let some people have it on Facebook. I'm not, not going to lie. I was a little petty. But <laughs> they deserve it, though. Because last year... They were giving it to me and my brother, giving it to us, man. Even though I was like, okay, well, you beat us, you know, the first time in like seven years. Okay, no big deal. But I had to give it back to them. I, I had to. Yeah. Yeah. And as you should. Um, so Clemson won, um, and I put this so eloquently in my column. So Clemson won 13 of the first 17 games. In this series, mm-hmm. South Carolina did not win back-to-back years for the till till the rivalry was twenty-five years old <laughs> before wow. they won back-to-back years, and then they had a couple good runs there um, when Coach Howard was there, and they they had they won four games back from fifty-one to fifty-four. It's the only time they won four games, and then of course we know about the run they had a few years back when they won five straight, um, and that's when it really was out of whack. Uh, let's be honest. Um, but Clemson, every time Carolina has had a run like that, Clemson has responded by winning like four years in a row right after that or seven out of eight or eight out of nine, which right now that's the run Clemson's on, eight out of nine right now. And, you know, uh, so, you know, it's just funny to watch. Like, so Carolina had that one I told you from 51 to 54 where they won four years in a row, and then they won three years in a row from 1968 to 70. And then five years in a row from 2009 to um, 2013. And that's it. That's their streaks, right? For Clemson, they won seven years in a row. Of course, they, from 1934 uh, to 40. Um, of course, they won three or four years in a row prior to that several times um, in the series. Then they won um, 1976 to 78, they won three years in a row. From 1980 to 83, they won four years in a row. From 1988 to 91, Clemson won four years in a row. From 1997 to 2000, Clemson won four years in a row. From 2002 to 2005, Clemson won four years in a row. And then 2014 to 2022, they won seven times in a row. So uh, Clemson has done it multiple, 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 multiple times. Um, over South Carolina. They've owned this series, and it was fun to see, you know, that kind of get back in play. And and oh, I yeah. thought the way Clemson 
Levon, and I know we're going to talk about this because some Clemson fans were very disappointed that Clemson only scored 16 points in this game. And I get it. I understand fans like offense and they like touchdowns. Woohoo. Um, you know, and those things are important. But if you really watch this game, as I'm sure you did, and I know I did, Clemson dominated the lines of scrimmage. Mm. They owned the lines of scrimmage. Clemson didn't need to score any more touchdowns or any more points because they were controlling things on both sides of the ball that they could run the football whenever they wanted to and get four or five yards a pop, and then they could they were just smothering South Carolina doing anything. Um, I, I, I really believe Spencer Rattler probably spent at least a couple hours the next day in the massage room and all those fancy things they have in there, you know, to keep him feeling better because man, he was lit up almost every time he dropped back to pass. Man, I, I feel bad for that kid because they really took it to him. They did. And, and, and Rattler is a guy that is a streaky guy. And I think it's because of his offensive line. I think he's a quality court, uh, quarterback. I do too. He's really, I think he's really mature from what you saw in those earlier days from Oklahoma and high school when mm-hmm. he come across as uh, a young punk. I, I like him. I, I think he's a scary kind of quarterback, but he had no chance. He, he absolutely didn't have any chance. And I have to give South Carolina, they kind of, they were stripping it well. Like, you know, they were doing a lot of eye candy in front of our defense, trying to get eyes to go astray. But, man, our guys were so focused. That front seven played so well. And they, t- I mean, and they really took it to their offensive line. And I know what people are going to say, well, we don't really have a good offensive line. Well, you know what I'm going to say. Well, that's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault. So right. You, you guys have to work on that. Mm-hmm. But – I love what I saw on the defensive side of the ball from Clemson. And the thing is, we're so young up front. And, yeah, we're going to lose probably Carter and Trotter. But trust me, we got some guys coming. Mm-hmm. We got some guys coming. And we're going to be – in our defensive backfield, I think it's going to be even better next year. Oh, that might be the best secondary – I've ever seen at Clemson. They are, I mean, they're just so well coached. So to their technique, every, I mean, they look like NF, every single one of those guys look like NFL DBs back there. The way they play, how they hit, how they tackle. I mean, they. The tackle tackle display was on. I mean, they were, they're not afraid of tackling. They really embraced tackling. And for DBs, a lot of times, a lot of times, man, tackling is probably not their best thing. But I saw my guys really going out there making some explosive tackles. And I'm looking forward to seeing them play next year, how they're going to develop. I think they're going to be even better. I do. Levon, check this out. Sam Hartman, um, um, Haynes um, King, Drake May, and Spencer Rattler. All guys are – they're, they're NFL prospects. Mm-hmm. All four of those guys found out what it's going to be like playing in the NFL against that Clemson secondary. Oh, no question. Those are the windows you get in the NFL. They're very tiny windows, and yeah. you've got to make plays, and you've got to be accurate with the ball. And what we found out from all four of those quarterbacks, that um, 
they're not as accurate when those windows are tiny because no. every single one of those guys, LeVon, were at 70 or 65% completion percentage when they played Clemson. Sam Hartman was held under 50%. Um, Haynes King was held under 50% passing. Um, Drake May was under 50% passing. And if it wasn't for uh, right at the last play of the game for South Carolina, their last offensive play for their quarter, their wide receiver going down and catching a pass that he was just throwing away on that fourth down. Right. Spencer Rattler would have been under 50% passing. Instead, he was 16 of 32. He was right at it. Clemson held those four prospects. Their Clemson's defense held those guys to under 50% passing. I think it was like less than 45% passing. Under 600 yards, three touchdowns, seven interceptions, those four quarterbacks. Mm. And it really didn't look like Spencer Rattler was even that high. I mean, for real. He looked like he might have thrown 40% because they were all over him. And you got to give Wes, the defense coordinator, a lot, a lot of credit, especially these last four games. He seemed to find a rhythm of what we can do mm-hmm. best. And a lot of times you have to know yourself more so than the, than the opponent. But now these guys not only know themselves, but they understand the opponent. They understood that South Carolina, they can hit the big button. And that's what they did. So you cannot sit in a zone concept especially if Rattler gets a little time, or even if he scrambles, he's going to find the open guy. He's been doing that all year long. Clemson did a great job of making sure that they were man-to-man of those guys. They were going to smother them all day long. They didn't care about Leggett and how he's going to the pros and he's the next coming of Sterling Sharp. They beat those guys up, and it was almost impossible for Rattler to find any kind of opening. And then when he starts to scramble, those guys were hunting. Those guys were getting after him so well. I remember the last, I guess, the fourth <clears throat> down they had, I mean, it was a sack. It should have been a sack, but he, he actually got the ball off. But he was under distress all game long. And mm-hmm. a lot of times that's better than always sacking the quarterback. Oh, it is. And listen, for the naysayers out there, they're like, oh, well, South Carolina's horrible on offense and all that. Yeah, they're horrible at running the ball. We know that, and they they have issues on the offensive line. But let's understand, okay, South Carolina was number three in the SEC and 15th nationally in passing yards per game. They were averaging almost 300 yards per game through the air. Clemson's defense – Held them to 112 yards. Okay, that 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 is two weeks in a row where Clemson has faced a prolific passing attack and held them way under their average. Last week held Drake May to 250 yards. This week you hold Spencer Rattler, who was fourth in the SEC, averaging 293 yards a game through the air and completing 70 percent of his passes. They held him to 16 of 32 for 112 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. He had the worst game. He had a quarterback rating of 79.8, the worst game of his career. 
the other night. So Clemson's defense does deserve credit because that was South Carolina's strength, and Clemson made it look like it was nothing. It made it look like it wasn't even a strength. That's how that's how well they played that South Carolina offense. Yeah, it, what I think me and you understand, and guys who really love the game and really watch the game and really are defensive guys, that game was beautiful to me. I'm sorry, man. That that game was the kind of game that I was looking for. A game where the defense in this offensive-driven world where offenses are making all kind of yardage, you see that defenses are now catching up. They're catching up, and, man, to hold a team down to just one touchdown is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, and LeVon, you'll appreciate this because in 1989, you guys only gave up 155 yards to right. the Gamecocks in Columbia in a 45 nothing win. Um, the defense this past week, what they did, the 169 yards the Gamecocks had, is the second or is the best since that 1989 defensive performance. Yeah, it was dominating. I mean, and it reminded me a whole lot of that game. It was like, man, South Carolina doesn't have a chance. I mean, even after they scored at seven, I was like, they're not going to score anymore. They never got past midfield. They're not even going to get a field goal. Yeah. They didn't didn't attempt a field goal in this game. You know how incredible that is in today's football environment? It's amazing. amazing. It is amazing. You held a team the last three quarters – didn't even get past midfield. Right. They didn't even get past midfield. Second and third quarters, they had a combined two yards. Right. Two. Mm-hmm. They had minus six yards in the second quarter. I mean, they couldn't – their last nine possessions were eight punts and then a uh, uh, out on downs, turnover on downs. Wow. Eight punts and a turnover down. That was their last nine possessions in the game. And it was a total domination by Clemson's defense. And, LeVon, it was so dominating that Dabo Sweeney went over to Garrett Riley, and he said this in the press conference. I also saw him do it, and then I, he, he confirmed it in the press conference. He went over to Garrett Riley and said, stop throwing the ball. We're going to run it and punt and play defense the rest of the game. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're going Danny Ford. We, that's what they did. They went. We're going back to Danny Four Days. That, what did Dabo say? Dabo said it reminded him of 1990s Alabama football. He said, "I thought I was watching when I played at Alabama." You know, but he he understands. Dabo's an offensive guy, but he understood we don't need to throw the ball anymore. We're just no, going to run it on them. Really, it really wasn't any reason to. I mean, because our guys were getting yards on them, and I think if you know a play here or there would have worked, we would definitely score on offense, but it was amazing what we did on defense, especially with such a young defense. Mm -hmm. It it gives you, if you're a Clemson fan, it gives you a lot of, a lot of hope. It it lets you know what an excellent head coach that you do have Mm -hmm. and how Clemson's going to bounce back and how there is a belief in what Dabo Sweeney is doing. And, I mean, this year started off probably worse than anybody could have ever expected. But 
I mean, this was a heck of a run of four straight games that the Clemson Tigers won. And they won against teams like Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They won against teams like North Carolina, who was ranked at the, at that time. And everybody was talking about how great their offense was. And we shut that offense down. Mm-hmm. So and, and they beat a Georgia Tech team who um had a chance to beat Georgia the other night. Oh, yeah. They ran yeah. Georgia Tech out of the building. Yeah, I, we said We said that Georgia Tech could score points. Mm-hmm. We told everybody that, and that Clemson defense did a great job of shutting them down. So that defense, man, golly, that defense is it's probably one of the best defenses um, in Clemson history. But they won't go down that way because of the 8-4 and how do you lose 8-4. If your defense is so great, how did this happen? But I'm telling you, this was a really good defense. And they could play with almost anybody um, that they lined up against, and they did. They really did. They did a they did a fabulous job, really, of keeping Clemson in a lot of the games. So I mean, you got you got to tip your hats off to West, man. I'm so happy for him, and I'm really happy what I saw Saturday, man, because that was old school football at its best. It was, and it was good to see. And you saw, and I want to give a shout out to special teams. We talked earlier about Jonathan White's being the unsung yes. hero of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, and I want to also give a shout out um, to the punter. Um, you know, um, oh, yeah. Aiden Swanson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. had what was it six? Was it six or seven punts inside the twenty yard line? Down inside the twenty yard. You know how big that is. How that flips the field, and how that. You know, takes you know how that allows the defense to dominate the way Clemson did because then you can put your ears back, you can go after them, you kind of know what they're going to do because they're inside their twenty yard line. There's only so many plays you can run, so credit to them. And then I do want to credit the offense in a key moment of the game. Remember when South Carolina, sixteen seven, obviously in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, South Carolina moves the ball to midfield. They finally get, they finally flip the field. They punt Clemson inside their fifteen. I want to give Clemson's offensive line credit because on the very next play, Will Shipley goes for like 15 yards up the middle, running through the A-gap. And Clemson then starts just running the ball all the way down the field and ran out most of the clock there before punting it back over to South Carolina. That was a huge play because if Clemson goes three and out there on offense and South Carolina gets the ball back at midfield, it's a different kind of game at that point, right, LeVon? I mean, it's a – then at that point, yeah, Clemson's defense played great, but they're only 50 yards away to making it a one-score game, either with a field goal or, or a touchdown. And then it's a different kind of game at the end than what it was. But credit to the offense that everybody was so mad about and didn't like, but I credit that offensive line in that running game because when they had to have those yards in the key moments, that, that was a huge moment for Will Shipley to break off that long run and get them out of that dangerous territory, and now they could start doing what they need to do and eat the clock up. Big play, I thought, that nobody really talks about how big that play was after South Carolina just flipped the field for the first time. No question about it. And really, honestly, okay, we only scored – we didn't score a touchdown on offense, but I really think we probably could have. Especially at the very end. They could at the end. They definitely could have. At the end, those guys were – they were good. Mm -hmm. And trust me. I know when the defense is done. When the defense is like, let's just get out of here, 
That's what was happening with the South Carolina Gamecocks. That last series, uh, if it wasn't the goodness of Dabo Sweeney's heart, if he really wanted to crush Beamer, he could have. Yeah. We, we could have easily scored another touchdown and made it worse than it really was. Uh, I agree. So for all you Gamecock fans that talking about oh, our defense, really proud of our defense, trust me, if we would just took to running the ball, they didn't have a chance, especially in that three three five that they had they were trying to run. Yep. <laughs> Let me tell you something. A three three five is not good if you cannot stop the run. It is not, because now you can just double down all day long. That means you can you can double team one of the guys, come off to the next level and get five or six yards. And we could have honestly did that against him. And he was right. Why run why throw the ball when we can when we can run down their throats all game long? Exactly. So, so all those people saying, well, the, I, I, I was so our defense really stood up. Trust me. It wasn't really like that. We just didn't run the ball enough. If we wanted to if we if we had decided that we were gonna throw the ball and we we're just gonna run the ball. Oh, some more points when it came on that board. I agree. I agree. Um, but real fast before we get done, I want to go ahead and give a little bowl info. Um, okay. I know some people out there are wondering. We've had some people ask questions, and we've been reading your comments. Um, here's the situation with the bowl games. Okay, I was told um, this past weekend that it looks like Clemson's probably going to go to the Holiday Bowl um, in San Diego possibly playing either Southern Cal or Oregon State. Um, you know, um, so it depends on – I think a lot of people are saying it's more Southern Cal than Oregon State. So it looks like Clemson, though, is headed there. Clemson now – I'm not saying it's a definite because things can change. A lot happens under the table with bowl games. A lot happens between bowl games where they make deals amongst each other because I do know this. The Gator Bowl wants Clemson, and they want Clemson badly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want Clemson, but they're afraid that Clemson won't be around for them. And uh, when that's their selection comes around because the holiday bowl will come before the Gator bowl. So if they can make a deal with the holiday bowl, maybe that happens. I don't know. ESPN also plays a big deal, a big role in all these things. And ESPN would love a Clemson, Oregon state or a Clemson Southern Cal matchup because of the DJ Uyungle situation with Oregon state. Oh, and yeah. then you got the Riley brothers with, you know, who's the head coach at Southern Cal, you know, with uh, Garrett Riley and Lincoln Riley. Uh, so that those storylines there that they like made for TV, if you will. Now, the Gator Bowl would love a matchup between Clemson and LSU. And I think television would love that as well um, because of the two programs. And they just played for a national championship a few years yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. So that's an intriguing matchup as well um, for the Gator Bowl. But right now, I would say probably 70% chance San Diego, 30% chance Gator Bowl. There is an outside shot for Clemson to go to uh, the Wellequest Bowl in Tampa, which used to be known as the Outback Bowl. Right. Um, and they could play LSU there too. But here's the situation with that bowl game. Notre Dame is sitting there. And if unless Notre Dame goes to New Year's Six, which I don't think is going to happen, mm-hmm. then Notre Dame is going to go to that bowl game, probably going to play LSU there and you get a Notre Dame-LSU matchup, the Brian Kelly Bowl, if you will, 
and um, that's why that would be intriguing for them. So I don't know if Clemson could get it, but if Notre Dame does get into a New Year's Six, um, which they're right on the outside of those, and they, it could possibly happen, depends on how the college football playoff um, unfolds here in the next couple of weeks, then that could possibly happen. And then Clemson could land in Tampa because they, 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 Clemson is probably their second choice. <laughs> it's a, it's a long shot, but it's they're probably. And the reason they could go there and let people understand because they're like, don't SEC usually go there? Or the Big Ten? I mean, go there? Yes, but because Ohio State or a Big Ten school, maybe Penn State or Ohio State, is going to go play in the Orange Bowl, then ACC gets that slot from the Big Ten. So uh, that's how that works. Uh, there so we'll see what happens um, here in the next couple of weeks but there's the three places Clemson could land but if I'm a bet man I'm saying Clemson's probably going to San Diego well I, I really don't know but I, I think this though if you're on anybody's bowl committee and a uh, Clemson Tiger the Tigers are there you're going to try to probably get the Clemson Tiger because the brand is everywhere all across the country, and the Clemson Tigers travel well. It doesn't matter what part of the country that you're trying to go to, especially a place like San Diego. You don't think Clemson fans are not? They're going to be there. They're going to be everywhere, and that money is going to generate to whatever city they're going to. So if I'm on a bowl committee, yes, especially the Gator Bowl, you're definitely trying to get the Clemson Tigers because you know the after effects of what have of having a Clemson football program is going to produce for your city and your bowl game. So yeah, man, people are probably like, "Oh man, let's get Clemson." Can we possibly get Clemson? And if the Holiday Bowl has anything to do with it, I'm sure they're going to be Clemson to go. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, Clemson wants to go to the Gator, and, and the Gator wants Clemson because, you know, Clemson, Levon, you got a great memory of the Gator Bowl for I, sure. I, I love the Gator Bowl. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. And so there's um there's that love there. Nobody's played more in the Gator Bowl than Clemson. And really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And so the Gator Bowl wants Clemson hadn't been there since '08, and so they they would love to have the opportunity because they know that Clemson is on the way back up, and that the chances of getting Clemson in the Gator Bowl, the future are going to be slimmer because yeah. they feel like Clemson's going to be in the college football playoff and those things, which I think they are too, especially with the playoff going to 12 games. I mean, 12 teams. I think Clemson's chances of being in the playoff here are even more than they were before. I mean, Clemson went to six college football playoffs when it's four teams. So you got to like Clemson's chances to get in there with 12 right. um, on a regular basis. So they know to get Clemson to the Gator Bowl, the future is going to be hard. So this was their opportunity, and they really wanted it to happen. But they also they don't select before the 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 out. I mean, excuse me, the uh, Holiday Bowl. So unless they can promise the Holiday Bowl something, or maybe do something, I don't know. There's some back deal under the table stuff that happens with these bowl games. So you think that the bowl like committees for the Gator Bowl would say like, "Hey, we'll offer you a deal if you give us Clemson." Yeah, they, yeah, it happens. Do, do they do that kind of stuff? Really? They do that kind of stuff, yeah. Oh, yep. that's nothing. <laughs> and it really happened back in the day when you were playing. That was yeah. very normal for that to happen. Right. Yeah. You know, because they would want to make sure they get the team they want and stuff. And so now, but then when they started in the 90s, they started doing similar to what it is now with the selection process where a bowl gets to pick before another bowl. Yeah. 
So, yeah, they started working out deals because one bowl would want this team and this team would want that bowl. And so, you know, because, look, when I was talking to the person I was the other day, Clemson, they were really disappointed that they're going to the Holiday Bowl. It's like – it's not something they're really excited about going to, you know. Um, So, if you're the Holiday Bowl, wouldn't you want somebody to be excited about going to your bowl game? And, oh, no question about it. No question about it. But I mean, I so if you're the Holiday Bowl and you see Clemson's not excited, it's not coming off like Clemson's excited to go to your game. Yeah. And first of all, and this kind of goes back to my thing earlier this year, this is why Clemson needs to get out of the ACC, right? Because why in the world is the ACC got a bowl tie-in with the Holiday Bowl to begin with? That is curious, yes. Yeah, you, right? You shouldn't be sending your Southern team all the way over to the West Coast. That's just ridiculous. In my opinion, you know, I don't care who it is. You know, your, your southern team should not be going to the West Coast, and you should take care of your team to make sure they stay regionalized because it's all about the fans' experience too, right? And oh, it's no, harder to get to San Diego than Jacksonville. Well, so it's always all these things kind of add up. If I'm the Holiday Bowl, I'm like, do I really want Clemson? Because I know Clemson's not too excited about coming here. Yeah, but mm, for some reason, I think that the Holiday Bowl is going to going to pick Clemson. I just do. I don't, 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 don't quote me on that. I mean, I'm not for sure, uh, but I do have a sense that that possibly could happen. And I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I think that, I, I think that through all everything that Clemson went through, man, to be, to win eight games, I mean, is tremendous. Because this was a year that many of us really shook our heads. So you probably say, hey, we're thankful and humble to go to a bowl game. Because some teams hint, hint, are not going to a bowl game. So to have that, but I can understand your point of view too. It's like, man, can we keep it in the southeast somewhere so we don't have to go as far? So I, I totally get it. If you're a Clemson fan, you don't want to travel that far. But also, you know, you, 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 I think the Clemson fans, no matter what happens, they're going to support your team. Yeah, and it's also, you know, the 27th, which is two days after Christmas, which makes yeah. it even harder, Take you know, yes. you know, and where the Gator Bowl's on the 29th, which is a couple days after. So it's a shorter drive. It's a drive. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it's two, it's two days later. So I think all that kind of plays in the Gator Bowl's favor. But we'll see what happens right now. Bowl games are fluid. Bowl, these things could change. But right now it looks like Clemson, I think, is going to the Holiday Bowl um, yeah. is where is what we're thinking. Real fast before we get out of here, LeVon, last week um, I went um, I went uh, 6-0 and with my picks. What? First time. Yeah, man. I hit all. I hit all mall, man. How about that? And then you went, you went five and one. Um, <laughs> the only one you missed was Georgia. Because <laughs> you thought Georgia would roll. Over them. I, I did. Yeah. And I was I was kind of upset when I saw the score for I'm like, oh, Georgia Tech is really trying to hang in there. What's <laughs> going wrong? So that's yeah. that's that's the only one. Everything else we got right, and then that was good. Um, but um, so yeah, eleven and one on our picks last week. So we're gonna see what we're gonna do here championship week real fast. All right. Okay, um, we'll try sure. to do this and then we'll get on out of here. Um New Mexico State is hosting Liberty in the Conference USA Championship game. Liberty is a 10-point favorite. By the way, the 24th ranked 
Liberty football team. Okay, yeah. I like Liberty. Yeah. I'm taking Liberty. Yeah, but is New Mexico State, are they the ones that beat Auburn? Yes, they did. And they beat them pretty soundly. Yeah, so. And, and, and speaking of Auburn, I mean, the football guys tried to give you the game. The football guys was like, you know what? Let's do these guys a favor. Let's give them the game. Bad snap. It goes back. It is fourth in about 21. No way Alabama's going to win this game, right? No way. You only rush two. What are you doing rushing two? Why are you rushing only two guys? Who I'm bringing that? a blitz. I'm bringing a blitz up the middle oh. and knocking the quarterback off his spot and ho- and saying, okay, you go run the ball for 31 yards. Because if you have enough guys back, you got six guys back, he shouldn't be running for 31 well, yards. I'm sorry. It, it was probably like, was it fourth and 31? Or am I- it was fourth and 31. Okay, my bad. I didn't say. Still, fourth and – it could be a fourth and 15. But four and 31, and you're only rushing two guys. So you're telling your DBs, we want you to plaster for about 50 seconds. We want, like anybody who ever played John Madden would understand that in that situation that you are bringing, not maybe not, you're not bringing the house, but you're definitely making that quarterback throw that ball quickly. You're, you're making him run. Running. You're, you're getting him off the run. spot. Yeah let, let, yeah, let him run. Who cares? But that dude said that he gave the football a full body massage and then he threw it for a touchdown. I mean, he was back there just patting the ball, massaging the ball, and the guy just broke open. And everybody's like, what was that DB thinking? It wasn't the DB's fault. That's a long time to be covering a guy. That's a long time. You're asking me to cover this guy for 20 seconds, I can't possibly do that when I'm not in his head and I don't know what I don't know what he's doing. They gave him so much time to throw the ball. Everybody on the Auburn staff on defense at least should get fired. Yeah, I I agree. All right, so we both got Liberty covered in that one. Um yes. minus the ten. All right, so uh later that night, the Friday night, Pac twelve championship game. 8 o'clock, ABC, Oregon's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Washington. Yeah, Oregon is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Washington. Really? That game was really close the first time up, right? Yeah, it was at Washington, and uh, Washington won, I think, by three points. Give me Washington. Give you Washington to cover, right? Not saying straight up. No, not straight up. Yeah. To cover, yes. Yes, Nobody's playing better than Oregon right now in the country. I, yeah, I, I believe that. Their I think defense, Oregon's – You know, I didn't know they had that, the kid from South Carolina who's there. Yeah. He played, he played pretty well. Yeah. The other day. So. They're, they're, they're playing really well. Bo Nix is probably playing better than anybody. This game, the winner of this game, probably the quarterback wins the Heisman Trophy. No um, I think Oregon's going to win the game, but I think it's going to be a close one. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give it to Oregon because I like their defense better, even though Washington's defense has been playing better as of late. So I think both teams have improved as the season went on yeah. in their certain areas, and I think it's going to show in this game. I think it's going to be a classic. But give me Washington to cover oh, on that yes. nine-and-a-half. So 
Give me uh, Washington plus the nine and a half. You also say Washington nine and a half. Come on over to this side, Will. Come on over. <laughs> All right, Saturday, we got um, noon. We got on um, ABC in the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma State versus Texas. Texas is a 14 and a half point favorite. Give me Oklahoma State and cover the spread. Okay, I'm going to go the other way. I think Texas, I think Texas beats us not out of them. I really do. I'm going I'm to take Texas minus the fourteen and a half. I hear you, man. All right. I'm, I'm just going off feelings. <laughs> hey, that's what we all. That's all. That's what I'm doing. Um, I, I'm, I'm almost like the. I'm almost like the kid that said, "Hey, who do you think going to win? The one with the pretty, you know, the one with the blue." <laughs> you know how they, they usually win. The kids that don't know anything about the sports, they just like the colors or the helmets, and they win. That's that's how I'm doing this this time around. So we got next up. We got Clemson versus, excuse me, Georgia versus Alabama, um, SEC championship game, um, four o'clock on CBS. Georgia's a six point favorite. I'm going to take Georgia for the points. Okay, so you're going to take Georgia. I'm going to take Georgia, too, minus the six here. I just like – I just think Georgia can shut down. Alabama's still not that great throwing the football, right. despite the 31-yard touchdown catch the other day. Um, but I just think Georgia can make them one-dimensional more, and I and I like, I like Georgia to win this game. Yeah. Even though Alabama's defense is playing great, too. But – I think Georgia's got the better overall team, and I think they'll win it. I totally agree with you on that, Will. Um, the American Athletic Championship, SMU 10-2 and two versus Tulane 11-1. and one. Uh, The Green Wave, the game's going to be at 4 o'clock on ABC. The Green Wave is a four-point favorite. What do you think on this one? I like the Green Wave. Uh, they, they're a good team. They, re- they really are. I, I like them, and I'm going to go with those guys. And yeah, they're I like, they, and I hope they wear that 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 blue, the all blue, the little baby mm-hmm. blue that they have. That's an amazing look on them. Didn't they beat Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl last year, right? And so yeah. they're like they were thirteen and one last year, or fourteen and one, whatever it's thirteen and one. Mm-hmm. And then this year they're eleven and one. You do the math. That's got to be one of the two best records in the country the last couple of years. I mean, you know, they're winning what twenty four games or something. I'm with you. I think Tulane's been there, done that. They've played in these games. I'm going to go with the Green Wave also to cover that minus four and a half. That minus four, excuse me. Um, Michigan, number two Michigan against number 16 Iowa, the Big Ten championship game. Probably the most boring game of all the games. Michigan is a 23-point favorite, 8 o'clock on AB, excuse me, on Fox. Uh, what do you got going here, Michigan or Iowa? I got Michigan. Even though Iowa really plays good defense, they cannot score points to save their lives. So I'm going to go with Michigan on this. Um, I wish I wish this game was a little bit better. You know, it, it seems like they always play their championship when they play against Ohio State. So uh, I'm just going to take Michigan. I, I just don't think Iowa has the horses to keep up. Yeah, I'm with you. I think. Um... I just think Iowa's just pitiful on offense. Their defense will hang. They'll keep them in the game for a little bit. 
Right. Michigan's got too many weapons. Michigan will eventually wear them down. Too many three and outs for Iowa. Their defense yep. will wear down. And um, so give me Michigan to cover the 23 and a half. They probably win this game like 28 to three. I mean, that's 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 kind of what I'm going to see here. You know? Yeah, I can definitely see that. All right, it did the game that's really big in the ACC. Eight o'clock kickoff on ABC. Louisville, who got upset somehow by Kentucky, and then um, Florida State. Uh, ten, Florida State's twelve and zero. Louisville's ten and two. Florida State's a two and a half point favorite. Keep in mind, Florida State has a backup quarterback. They struggled against Florida last week. Can Florida State? win this game and get into the and basically walk a crawl into the college football playoff because of the you know Jordan Travis situation. You know, can you think Levon they can get it done and maybe get into that playoff as that number four seed? Mm-hmm. Well I, I think that's a tough one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Louisville. I, I, I just think the fact that they got a backup quarterback it's not going to fare well. Louisville can really score points. I'm not. I'm not sure what happened in the Kentucky game. I was disappointed because I thought Louisville would win that game. So I'm just going to. I think they'll be ready. I think they're going to. I, I think they're going to win. I think the backup quarterback situation at Florida State. I feel bad for those guys because it's really, it's really hurt them as far as the playoff run is concerned. So I'm going to go Louisville on this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think um, I just I've just said this once. I saw Jordan Travis got hurt. I'm like they're going to lose to Louisville, and it was obvious Louisville was looking ahead last week. Um, mm. You know, and um, I just got a feeling that's going to happen, and that's going to allow probably an Alabama or Texas to sneak into the playoff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so we'll see. The, the, the playoffs are going to be announced here in a few minutes. Um, they're going to be the college football final four or the four going into championship weekend. And it's going to be interesting how that all turns out because there's a lot of scenarios that could happen in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see how that works out. Um, and Florida State loses. Obviously, they're done. And the ACC done if that happens. Wow. And then where does Clemson fall in the bowl pecking order then? I don't know. But I will tell you this. Clemson, I know uh, – I think it's Lyndon Mickens was asking that Clemson should go play New York game and play Rutgers because that's on December 29th. Well, that's not going to happen because Clemson, that's a second-tier bowl game. Clemson's in the first tier of the ACC selection bowls. Clemson's not going to drop past the Gator Bowl. Uh, So, like I said, it's just those bowl games that I mentioned earlier Clemson's going to have. And um, so if Louisville wins – then I don't know what the happens with the bowl game situation. It could change things because it doesn't guarantee the ACC is going to have two teams in a New Year's Six Bowl because one goes to the Orange Bowl, which would be Louisville as the right. ACC champion. But we don't. There's no guarantee after that. Mm, 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 mm. Well, I mean, like you said, Will. I mean, these bowl games. <laughs> I think sometimes we just want to put our team here or there. But a lot of times that's just not the way it works. You know, a lot of times if this happens, then another team could go here or they go there. And Clemson is where it is, you know. You know, it's going to probably be most likely Holiday Bowl, Gator Bowl, are the bowl that used to be the Hall of Fame. Uh, the, what bowl is that? The third one? 
we talked about the so there's the hall the the it's called the the Willowquist Bowl the hall what yeah. used to be the Hall of Fame Bowl Hall of yeah. Fame Bowl yes yeah. yes, yes. So, so those are three I see yeah yeah that's it uh, I don't think Clemson goes to the Pop Tart Bowl they're not even being in the discussion so that's not happening uh, that's the other this, bowl that's in the top this, tier just be glad that the weather won't be cold though I would love to go to the Pop Tart Bowl because we would get Pop Tarts and I love Pop Tarts so that would be awesome. To, to have that luxury, but that's not going to happen this year. So, do you just get all kind of pop tarts if you go to the pop tart bowl? Yeah, the cheese it bowl. We got we got like a couple boxes of cheese its every day. They had cheese its for us at every press conference and stuff. Jeez. I mean, we were loaded down with cheese its, man. So now the cheese it bowl is the pop tart bowl. So I'm assuming we'd have like those little tiny pop tart bites, and then they give us pop tarts like you know to take home with us and stuff. You know, uh-huh. I'm, that's what I'm assuming yeah. they probably have. So it'd be pretty cool. You know, I wouldn't mind going to the Pop Tart Bowl, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. So that's funny. Yes. Yeah. So with that, though, we're gonna get on out of here. Appreciate All you right, guys. Man. I know a lot of people are asking us about next year and the roster and stuff like that. Look, there's a lot of things that got to happen in the next couple of weeks. We're gonna talk about that on another show, not on this show. Next week, we're gonna talk about the bowl selection and who Clemson's playing and stuff like that. So uh, just be patient with us. We will talk about those things, but obviously, that's not for tonight or next week. So we'll wait till we see what everybody's gonna be doing as far as this roster goes. So for LeVon Kirkland, I'm Will Vandervoort. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll talk to you next week on Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.